Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. We're going to be speaking to the campaign manager of DG Murray Trust's Alcohol Harms Reduction Program. I cannot believe this. I seem to be talking to ex-colleagues, uh, by the way, uh, as of late since the last couple of two days. Nicholas Bauer. Nicholas, good afternoon. It's the, it's you, isn't it? I've got the right Nicholas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great uh, to be I mean, chatting to you, Nicholas. How are you? I don't know. I, I'm very, very well. I hate to sound narcissistic when I say there's only one Nicholas Bauer, but it is indeed me, and thank you for such a beautiful introduction. Well, Nicholas, hey, we ex-colleagues, I mean, we've got great memories together. This time, I'm doing the interviewing, you're doing the answering for me, right? Uh, <laughs> well, we'll try it. Let's see okay, it let's see how it goes. Welcome to the show, Nicholas. Great to have you on board. Okay, so we're discussing your press release regarding excessive drinking concerns, which the country's facing in Article curb this uh, concern. Now, I was looking at some data uh, earlier on published by the World Health Organization which shows that South African alcohol consumers are some of the heaviest drinkers globally, despite relatively high levels of abstinence in the population. And the WHO's uh, most recent data tracked levels of alcohol consumption in 2016, showing that an estimated 31% of the population aged 15 and older consume alcohol. Whoa, okay, so we get down to the nitty-gritty of that. But first things first, tell us about your report in support of reviving this Liquor Amendment Bill of 2016. Where do your efforts stand at the moment? So basically, we have to look at the facts. The mm-hmm. Liquor Amendment Bill has been on ice for close on seven years now. Right. And some would argue it's got to do with intransigence. Uh, it's got to do with the tardiness. Let me try a different word. It's got to do with the tardiness okay. of the Silver Sil- right. and administration. Right. But the fact of the matter is, is this has been uh, on the agenda or waiting uh, engagement by uh, not only the Ramaphosa administration, but indeed uh, the um, Zubin administration as well. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, is that South Africa does indeed have a problem with excessive drinking, binge drinking. And you just mentioned that report by the WHO. Not every mm-hmm. South African drinks, right? But the fact that a third of the population does, and does to such an extent that it does make us one of the highest per capita um, alcohol-consuming uh, no, yeah, alcohol, um, nations on the planet, right. means that we do have a problem. And, you know, we can go one or two routes here. We can try as a society to change the behavior of uh, the, uh, the, those that you know, take, partake in alcohol and, and do that, you know, try and persuade them otherwise. Right. Um, or we can try and change the legislation. We can try and look at addressing the legislation to make it a little bit tighter mm-hmm. um, and, and look at things about where alcohol gets sold, how it gets sold, how old people need to be, when and, uh, when they can consume alcohol and, and, and purchase alcohol. Um, and, and this is what the bill is looking at doing. So, uh, you know, what you just mentioned, I did look at those bullet points, which you just uh, read out. Um, controlling, uh, you, you know, like uh, alcohol outlets, uh, you know, that harks back to the days of COVID. I'm just looking that at that as an example. Uh, would, would that prove to be an effective measure? Let's just uh, imagine you and I now, we're planning now, we, we drink. Okay, I'm not saying we'd be uh, out of line about it. But if we want to plan to drink, we can we can just go ahead and buy that quantity which we would buy anyway when the when the when these establishments are closed. Do you think that that particular measure would be somewhat effective? No, look, I mean, that, I think yeah, immediately when we, we start talking about trying to, to curb binge drinking by um, putting in ex- extra measures on when and how alcohol is consumed, we immediately get this 
there's inherent paranoia mm. based on our uh, experience that we did have during COVID-19. Right. If you read the bill and have a look at, at how the bill tries to shape the way that South Africa has a relationship with alcohol, it's not looking at trying to completely ban it out of hand. Not looking no, at sure. trying to say, everybody, you're not allowed to even have alcohol past your lips because alcohol is uh, the devil's juice and we just absolutely want nothing to do with it. No. What we're trying to do is we're trying to prevent the binge drinking that leads us to have, um, uh, you know, serious health problems and health-related costs within the system of up to, uh, you know, two billion, two billion rand each year. Right. And um, study by Genesis Analytics proves that um, uh, if the uh, bill is implemented in its current form, we could save up to two billion rand in health-related costs that are related to excessive drinking. So right. So when we talk about trying to control the way that uh, that alcohol is sold in terms mm-hmm. of artists, right? That's looking at trying to prevent an, an alcohol outlet being situated within 500 meters from a school or a uh, church. And okay. when you try and look at trying to curtail the way that alcohol is advertised, make it not so sort of in your, in your face and available and, and aspirational to um, young teenagers and young adults. That's essentially what we're trying to do and trying to, to, to look at doing and, and, and addressing. Okay, so, so I, sorry, I get it. I get it. Sorry, Nicholas, no, no, just, just to come ahead. in there. Um, you say that is what you're trying to do and what you're endeavoring to achieve. So exactly where do you stand with uh, supporting this liquor bill and getting it going? Uh, what, what stage have you reached now? What uh, form of motivation uh, have you established at this point in time to at least get something going to activate this bill? So, look, it's, it's, it's almost ready-made, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been all sorts of... Um, uh, uh, indications from the Department of Trade and Industry that right. they'll table it in Parliament and it'll and, and it'll uh, be promulgated as a law, um, and they're looking at doing so uh, in the short to medium term. Right. And um, but the, you know the fact that it's remained on the back burner for seven years—that's the thing. A decade. Wow. It doesn't inspire any confidence. Mm-hmm. And if we really want to tackle the social harms that are related to excessive drinking and binge drinking, right? We need to get serious about the legislative um, you know, ways that we can do that. Because sure. as I mentioned earlier on in the interview, mm-hmm. you know, we can try and control people's behavior, try and convince them otherwise. Right. Try and convince them, no, don't drink. No, don't uh, drink to the point where you're going to you know, have a hangover and not be able to go to work in the morning mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. that it adversely affects your family life. Uh, that type of change takes a very, very, very long time. Course, what we can do is try and look at progressive legislation that not only protects uh, the economy, but also mm-hmm. looks at the more harmful effects of alcohol. Of course. Uh, we're trying to turn the, turn the corner on, on things like, you know, one of the most heartbreaking images for me at the end of lockdown. Right. Um, or at least at the end of one of the stages of lockdown, mm-hmm. was to see these long snaking queues at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning outside Shabin's and, and liquor artists. Right. And it's not to say that people you know, had their freedoms, uh, didn't have their freedoms curtailed to a certain point and wanted to go and stuck up on alcohol. Uh, you know, the fact of the day is that they were doing it at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning. Uh, okay. What does it say about our, what, what does it say about our society and, 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 and how we are 
I see. Shaping our future. Sure, Nicholas. I see. So that, what you, to sum it up, uh, you, you're looking at a way to curtail. That's what you basically have said. But Nicholas, sorry, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, we've, we've just run out of time. Nicholas, it was great chatting to you. Great to, yeah, uh, interact with you once again on the airwaves and, uh, everything of the best, uh, with your, all your endeavors with this, uh, harm, um, alcohol harms reduction program. Nicholas Bauer, campaign manager of DG Murray Trust's alcohol harms reduction program, giving us a lowdown on uh, the status of drinking in this country and trying to get this bill uh, through since, what, seven years ago, as you said, yeah, to try and at least uh, establish some kind of control and curtail the activities of drinking and obtaining alcohol.